Hey guys, my name is Josh Latimer. I'm the founder of SendGym.com, and you're listening to Act Local Marketing for Small Business. Act Local, Act local Marketing for Small Business, episode 155. And there's no stopping us right now. I feel so close to you right now. Welcome to Act Local, Marketing for Small Business with your host, Kaylin Amadio. Kaylin helps smart, savvy, and motivated business owners like you kick it up a notch online, even if you've tried and been disappointed before, or technology just isn't your thing. Act Local will leave you with more ideas, more understanding, and more knowledge about why and how harnessing the internet gives you the power to bring your business to the next level. Whether you need help with online media, social media, video, or mobile marketing, Act Local will guide you into the 21st century with easy tips, tricks, and techniques that get your local business seen and heard. Each week, Kalen features a new tip you can use today, as well as a range of guest experts who are passionate about helping local business owners thrive. And now here's your host, digital media maven, Kalen Amadio. Welcome to Act Local Marketing for Small Business. This is episode 155, and I am the boomer gal, Kaylin Amadio. Each episode of Act Local Marketing, I share a strategy that I call today's takeaway, where I'm going to give you one action item that you could walk away with right now, and if you use it, it's going to help you grow your business. And I always invite a guest expert to help you with some aspect of working on your business. And so today we're going to speak with a millennial entrepreneur who works entirely online. Stay tuned to see how she does that. The world has definitely changed and the internet and smartphones are to blame. So when, uh, when you're cursing at work, that's who you can blame, smartphones and the internet. Thank you, Al Gore. I can scarcely remember a time before these technologies. I was talking with some colleagues the other day. It's even, even when you're old like I am, and I'm not that old, but when you're old like I am, in your 50s, your 60s, your 70s, you've done a lot of working, it's still very difficult to remember a time before we had these technologies. It's so incredibly easy to go online and look up an address or a phone number, a factoid, or an actual fact when you need it. It's this advance in communication that can help your business or quite frankly, it can drastically hurt it. So let's go to today's takeaway. This is the promised action item that I said I would give you that you can walk away with right now. This is just a little tidbit. I want to know first if your business has a digital footprint. So what's a digital footprint, you're asking me? It's the, the trail the traces or the, and you can't see my quote fingers, my quote fingers are moving, the footprint your business leaves online. As you can imagine, some of those trails are actually not created by you. And if you didn't create the trail to your business, how can you be certain it's a good and helpful trail for your potential customers? Today's tip is about taking control of the trails that you did not forge. There are many, many directories online that list your business name, address, phone number, and other pertinent information. Now, often these directories have incorrect information about your business, and that's confusing to your customers. 
here's one thing I do for clients. I visit a website and let me give you the URL. It's www.getlisted.org, getlisted.org. And I check their database of directory listings. Get Listed was purchased by Moz, M-O-Z. Uh, so the address forwards to moz.com, but it, it works in exactly the same way since Moz bought the address a few years ago. So getlisted.org takes you to a particular page at moz.com where you can type in the name of your business and your zip code, you know, the location, and see what Get Listed shows up, what they have listed as a database of directories, which directories have your business at that listing, and you'll be surprised to find your business listed multiple times in multiple ways as a result of going to get listed. They give you a wealth of information absolutely for free, and like I said, which directories are publishing and what they are publishing about your business. Don't be surprised to find incorrect phone numbers, definitely incorrect addresses, especially if your business has moved locations at some point in the past, say, five to eight years, and other contradictory information. And when I say incorrect phone numbers, if your business has had the same phone number uh, since the dawn of time, I have still found clients' phone numbers attached to other people's businesses at the location. And that's what I mean about contradictory information. These directories do not always get things right. So take the time to slowly go and claim, then correct these listings at the various directories that have picked them up as they do sweeps through the internet. It will clean up your digital footprint and make the internet more reliable for your customers when they jump online looking for information. Feel free to drop me a line to ask at actlocalmarketing.com and I can help point you towards more resources that'll help make your digital footprint useful for your business and for your customers. And that is today's takeaway. Please connect with me. Find me on Facebook, my Facebook page, or Twitter, or Google Plus, or any place else that you like to frequent in social media. And tell those followers about Act Local Marketing and myself, the Boomer Gal. You can subscribe to this podcast, which is always helpful. And uh, iTunes will give you the new episode every time we upload one. So it's time to take a short break. And when we get back, my guest, Caitlin Pyle, is here. And she's stepping to the front of the room. So stay tuned. Tax Local is the place where busy entrepreneurs like you gain more ideas, more understanding, and more knowledge about why and how harnessing the Internet gives them the power to bring their business to the next level. Kaylin returns after a short break with more strategies and techniques to develop your inner warrior. We'll be right back. Act Local fans, this is Kaylin Amadio, and I have an exciting announcement. Today, October 7th, 2014, I'm launching a new podcast to celebrate the realization of a dream. You've heard me speak often on Act Local about the book I've been writing. Well, that book is becoming a reality. I have a contract to publish The Boomer's Ultimate Guide to Social Media. Soon, baby boomers everywhere will have all my strategies and guidelines in one swell book 
that'll help them build a map to social media success. To help promote the Boomer's Ultimate Guide to Social Media and subsequent books in this series, I've put together the Boomer's Ultimate Guide podcast, where boomers like me and like you can come together to learn, share, and grow a thriving business and a vibrant life. This podcast is 30 minutes in length and comes in both audio and video formats. I interview guest experts on business, finance, health, wellness, longevity, food, sex, dating, and more. You don't want to miss this next chapter in my life because I'm going to help you live yours more fully. Check out Boomer's Ultimate Guide Podcast.com. So close to you right now. Welcome to Act Local, marketing for small business with your host, Kaylin Amadio. Kaylin helps smart, savvy, and motivated business owners like you kick it up a notch online, even if you've tried and been disappointed before, or technology just isn't your thing. Act Local will leave you with more ideas, more understanding, and more knowledge about why and how harnessing the internet gives you the power to bring your business to the next level. And now here's your host, digital media maven, Kaylin Amadio. Welcome back. This is Kaylin Amadio, and you are listening to Act Local Marketing for Small Business. And it is that time in the show again where I get to introduce you to another fabulous guest. So please meet Caitlin Pyle. She is a 29-year-old millennial entrepreneur who works entirely online. Think about that for a moment. Because most of my, Caitlin, most of my audience is uh, not in the millennial category. They're, they tend to be baby boomers, right? And even older. So think about that for a moment, you old farts like me. She works entirely <laughs> online. That, that's really an amazing thing when you think about it. She has built a seven-figure blog and business in one of the tiniest niches you can imagine. And I actually had this job in college. The niche is proofreading. Based in Orlando, Florida, Caitlin has been married for five years, and she and her husband, Ben, just returned from a year-long travel adventure through South America. So, Caitlin, welcome to Act Local Marketing. Thanks, Caitlin. It's great to be here. It is very nice to have you. I had a job in college from, my father worked for deluxe check printers. I mean, people don't even really write checks much anymore, but back then, you know, everyone wrote checks instead of cash. And that company gave me, I had a full academic scholarship that was paid for by them, and it came with a job in the summers. So I sat and proofread people's names and addresses before the checks went to print in the summertime. That is fabulous. <laughs> That's it's, awesome. It's fabulous, but it gets a little boring reading addresses over and over and over and over and over again. You know, it's not like I was yeah. reading fiction or nonfiction or learning anything. It was like names and addresses. It got, it got a little tedious. But, uh, but I get it. So the first question I normally ask people on the podcast when I'm meeting them for the first time is to please share their entrepreneurial journey with me because I, I kind of like to collect them is the way I think of it. So I gave people a little bio and I realized that you haven't been out in the workforce, you know, a thousand years, but how did you come to know that you were an entrepreneur and know that you wanted to be the boss of you rather than, you know, working for someone else. How did all this happen? 
So I think back probably to high school is when I knew I didn't really want to work for somebody else, but I didn't really have any idea that I could work for myself. I just thought that I wanted to have a job where I was more independent and that I was kind of in charge, but I still had some kind of boss to answer to. But, you know, I thought maybe I wanted to travel for work. And so I was looking into being some kind of foreign ambassador because I was learning a second language. And so I went to Germany for a while and learned German all through high school and college and all that. And that's what I thought I wanted to do. Well, it didn't end up happening that way. I was finishing up my degree after um, spending a year in Germany and 2009 is when I graduated. But a few months before that, I got a real job at a court reporting office in Orlando. And I loved it. I didn't know that such a thing existed that, you know, transcripts were, I had no idea what a court reporter was. I had never heard of a court reporter before. And so I learned all this stuff, you know, back in 2009 and I started there as a receptionist and I always had an eye for error and people called me the grammar Nazi in high school. And I read everybody's papers and I just always had a knack for words. And I was able to apply that to the transcripts at the court reporting office. And so I moved up the ranks there and ended up being marketing manager, working in transcription, um, or the transcript department and just really had a knack for everything words and everything would have to look, go past my eyes before I left office to make sure there was no typos on it and things like that. So I became kind of the resident eagle eye, so to speak. And I took on a few clients on the side that I had no idea even then that I could proofread, you know, and not work at the office. I had no idea I could use just proofreading to work for myself, which right. is what I ended up doing. I actually um, left that job in 2011. It's kind of an ugly story that'll probably take all of our time, so I'm not going to go into <laughs> all the details, but it was not an amicable leaving. Oh, okay. um, I put in my notice, but then they ended up um, firing me, so it ended up, you know, it was mutual, but, you know, it was not pretty. So I left and actually tried doing personal training for a while because I thought that I would like that. Didn't really like it, but I still had my clients as a proofreader, um, two clients, and then one of them told me that, you know, I couldn't work for her anymore because her agency was forcing her to use one of their proofreaders. And so instead of just, you know, putting my tail between my legs and walking away, I said, well, how can I become one of their proofreaders? And so I, long story short, became one of their proofreaders and the rest is history. I just added client after client and I became a full-time proofreader, uh, making full-time income. I didn't quite work full-time hours. I was actually less than 30 hours, usually between 20 and 25 hours a week, but I made my income between three and $5,000 a month um, yeah. within within a few months of starting with that agency as a contractor. And so I worked for myself. I didn't have to go to the office. They were actually in Miami. Um, most of the people I work with, all my clients, never met them um, in person at all, but I worked from home and I did that for about three years when my husband was kind of getting into entrepreneurship and owning your own business. And he was like, well, maybe you should write an ebook. And I'm like, ah, I don't know. I don't want to do that. Nobody's going to want to read it, whatever. But eventually I finally did write an ebook and it sucked really bad. It was just horrible. Worst ebook <laughs> ever. That, does that mean you can't proofread your own stuff? Is that hard to do? Well, it was, it was error free. I got it to that point, but it just wasn't enough. It was, I thought that that was all somebody needed to become a proofreader, but I was very wrong. So it ended up becoming a course several months later. And we launched the first version of that course in February of last year, uh, 2015. And it has grown tremendously ever since where you just multiply the content involved to, and it just helped a bunch of people become proofreaders. And I had 
that's kind of how I accidentally became an entrepreneur. I didn't know that it was ever going to become anything more than, you know, maybe a few extra hundred dollars a month of helping people, yeah, but it, it caught on. Yeah. yeah but it caught on and now I don't even proofread anymore because I'm so, you know, involved with teaching aspects, the teaching aspects. Oh, interesting. And do you, do you find that you prefer that? See, this happens to uh, entrepreneurs. It happens to people who have a passion for something. So they decide to start a business. Because they like doing that something. But being yeah. a business owner is different than the actual doing of the something that you loved. And then they get, they, they find that they're disappointed in being a business owner because they're no longer getting to do what they loved. Right. And I experienced that when I tried personal training. I thought that because I liked working out that, you know, teaching it would be similar. It was not that way, but I actually do love teaching, proofreading. I loved building the course. I love the technology behind it. I love writing the blog. I love the marketing behind it because I have a very authentic style of marketing in which, you know, just, just yesterday I told somebody, sorry, you didn't pass a test in, you know, module two. So you can't buy the rest of the course. I actually denied somebody like from wanting to pay me money. I said, no, because you know, they didn't pass the test yeah, and that's just the way the I work it, yeah. you know? Yeah. Interesting. Very interesting. Well, thank you for sharing that. I, I love, like I told you, I love hearing, uh, the stories behind entrepreneurs. There's a lot of common threads, but there's always the uniqueness that comes from every individual. And it's just, it's fun to hear the background of how someone ended up being exactly where they are right now, this moment that I'm getting to speak to them. So thank you for sharing that. Now, another thing that you shared with me prior to us starting the interview was a link to um, a, a PDF, a guide that you'd written called Mindset Mastery. And lest people start thinking, Oh, no, this sounds woo-woo, and I thought it was a business podcast. This does have to do with business because a, a great deal of being a business owner has to do with your mindset, and there's lots of reasons for that because I've, I've studied this. I've been going through it myself over many, many years, and anyone who's been in business and can be honest with themselves uh, realizes that a lot of their success or failure has to do with um, who they are as a person, not so much what they know. So uh, I was very, I was interested when I was reading through your mindset mastery guide, and I've got some questions for you based on that, if you're ready for them. I'm ready. <laughs> okay. You, you had some great headings in there. And as I was going through the material, I thought this is great to share. So the first section of your guide is about how to get over fear of finding clients. And I have met a lot of new business owners or budding, you know, business owners, entrepreneurs who want to start a business. And this is such a huge common thing for them is this fear of finding new clients and all the kinds of things that get in the way. So what advice do you have for them? Yeah. So most of the time, especially, you know, in the business of proofreading and, but I've realized that it really translates to any area of life. People are afraid of finding clients because they don't know what it takes to get the clients yet. They, they haven't actually learned the art of proofreading or the art of whatever those they're trying to do, or they need to take some classes to brush up on their skills. And so they're not confident in it yet. So they're thinking about the outcome before they think of the means to get there. So if they learn the means and they concentrate on becoming excellent at what they're doing, then that confidence will grow. And so I always advise my students and anybody that emails me really that they're worried about not getting any clients. You know, what if I can't find anything? What if I can't find any work? Can you help me? All this stuff. But it's the result of your own actions. So you got to, you know, not focus on the marketing before you know how to 
do the work. And so you got to really focus on the excellence of that. And so, you know, I've kind of developed an idea that there's three pillars of success in pretty much every area of life. And it all starts with, with excellence in what you do, your knowledge, your skills, your practice. And, you know, what doesn't build that excellence is just wishing for it or, or waiting for someone else to make the first move or depending on someone else, you got to depend on yourself. And so I look at excellence and the skills as the foundation that you need before you can even start building and start marketing and really, you know, if you don't know how to do something yet, you have to realize that learning that thing will change everything for you and it'll change your perspective. It'll change your confidence level and it'll make you more optimistic. And so that would be, I think the second pillar of, um, kind of my success formula is, is optimism. And the only thing that will get you to optimism is excellence. So if you're not really good at it, then you're not going to be really excited about it. You know, you're not going to be really thinking, you know, I'm not going to, I'm going to be able to get clients with these skills because you're going to know that your skills aren't that great. You know, and so you got to cultivate the optimism by using your skills and allowing them to get stronger. And another word for optimism is really confidence. So confidence, optimism, and, you know, without that optimism, you're going to find that the excellence doesn't really have oomph. You know, you're not going to be able to push it very far without without feeling good about your skills. So those right. are the first two pillars. Right. What's the third pillar? So the third pillar would be persistence. So, um, and this is kind of where a lot of people get stuck because they'll be, you'll work on their skills to get really excited about the skills and then they won't take any action. They'll get all excited and they'll just wait for something to happen. And so the key there, the pillar would be persistence, taking action, um, and knowing that, you know, all the excellence and optimism, you know, confidence in the world won't get your business anywhere unless you take action on it. So, and you got to take that action consistently over time, you know, just putting yourself out there once and, you know, submitting an ad on a job board is never, it's never going to be enough. You got to have, you got to have consistency over time and, and not give up. And really I've figured out that the only way to fail, if you, cultivate your excellence, work hard on doing that, and then are optimistic about it, then the only way to fail is to give up or never take action in the first place. So you just leave out that third pillar of persistence. So, mm. yeah. Well, let, so let me play devil's advocate. I'm going to ask you a difficult question here. And I've noticed this amongst women, right, more so than guys. Women will often use your first pillar, right, excellence, mm -hmm. as an excuse to never move on to pillar two or three. There's always one more course they need. There's always, oh, but I don't know how to do that little aspect of it. You know what I mean? And they, they excuse themselves from having to finish the success by saying, but there's one more thing I need to know. I don't quite, I'm not quite good enough. I'm not there yet. Have you, have you seen that? Oh yeah. Yeah. I've definitely seen that. And, and there and, is a point. Yeah, and what do you, what do you say to people who are using that, you know, getting excellent at something as an excuse to not follow through and actually do it? Yeah, that's a great question. And it is something that I've seen and <clears throat> excuse me, there does come a point where you, you just have to suck it up and, and realize that your mind is playing games with you and you have to realize that, um, you know, what you think has more effect on, on the actions you take or don't take. And so if you can identify that looking at more objectively at what you've learned, maybe this, the tests or the, or the scores that you've gotten on tests and, um, feedback from instructors, feedback from students, things like that, all of that, all that external, 
um, assurance that you know what you're doing and, and you just got to run with it and just kind of push that little bit of fear aside that you need to take more courses or do more practice or whatever before you put yourself out there. And it's always scary. And sometimes just the knowledge that you're not alone is enough to help push people past that because everybody goes through, it's never going to be easy to go get that first client. It's never going to be easy to go out and say, okay, well now I'm ready to just do the work. You know, it's always going to be nerve wracking, but knowing that you're not alone and that other people uh, go through it um, makes it a lot easier. So surrounding yourself with people that have gone through similar experiences to help you walk through that. And, and instead of, you know, walling yourself off and, you know, having yourself go through it alone would be my advice in that, in in that regard. Yeah. You know, you you just gave me a good idea in listening to your answer about that. Maybe part of what's required if you find yourself uh, in that, in that spiral, or you don't even realize that you're doing that to yourself is sometimes it's a, it's a matter of someone giving you permission, even though none of us require permission from anyone else to do whatever it is that we know we could or should be doing right? Because we're adults. Right. But sometimes just receiving permission from someone is the trigger that makes you go, oh, okay, then I can do this now. So if you find yourself falling into that little that little pit where you're doubting and, and you're constantly thinking, well, maybe there's one more course because I don't know how to do that, you know, go to the people who know you best and and talk to them and ask them, tell them what you plan to do and ask them if they think you're ready. Yeah. Seek outside counsel yeah, instead right. of just keeping and maybe it all it's not inside. The people who know you, maybe it's even better for someone who doesn't really know you personally all that well. And is just looking at you from a set of skills right, right. that they're familiar with. Maybe that's even better. And they'll say, well, yeah, absolutely. You know, as much as this person over here, that's running this business. So why wouldn't you? Maybe, exactly. Yeah. Maybe that's, maybe that's You're your own yeah, worst no, just, critic. Just sort of, yeah. Just sort of popped into my head. So now um, we've touched on a couple of the sections in your uh, Mindset Mastery Guide. Now the third one, I find this interesting too because I, I um, for me, success in life is not just about you know business or money. It's really about becoming a better person all the time. And I've always been this way since I was very, very young, right? So I'm always you know reading or taking courses or just trying to become more enlightened about, you know, who I am and who everyone else in the world is and how we can all make this a better place. So the third section of your guide is, is called know thyself, right? But there, but there's a caveat to it and it's be cool with who that is. Right. And I find that gets in the way of people sometimes too. Can you speak more about that? Yeah, definitely. So unfortunately for many of us, you know, we don't have a lot of control over our environments when we're growing up. And so I found for me that that being okay with that and understanding what kind of things happened in my past got me to the point I am now helps me a lot to be cool with who I am now. So, you know, I look back in my middle school experiences, especially that's when you're really, really malleable and moldable and influenceable and yeah all these words that you know push you into being who you are um kind of like yeah right it's bringing up bad feelings even starting to think about it so that just kind of shows you how those experiences can really be powerful so many years later 20 30 years later and it's you have to 
look back at those experiences and know that you didn't really have control over them and you're not mastered by them. And so that's kind of what it means to be cool with who it is, who you are now based on those experiences. You had a bad experience. It was out of your control. It doesn't control you now. You're in control now. And so, a yeah. Long time, yeah, because we let those experiences define who we are when right. they really, and we all do it. You know, I'm not, I'm not saying, you know, there's particular people who do this and that it's a weakness. It's human nature that you allow these experiences, these things that happen to you to define you, even right. though you maybe uh, most likely had absolutely zero control over what happened to you. And for some reason, we take it upon ourselves to let it define us. And it's not until you get a little older that you can look back and realize that it really had nothing to do with you and shouldn't be part of your definition. But by then it's too late. It's already in, it's part of your psyche. Yeah. So you really got to fight hard in that case to suppress the demons over and over again. Yeah. Yeah. And it's a, it's a very hard thing to do. And it's, some people never even realize it right that it's going on they don't um they don't look inside hard enough to realize that it's going on but it absolutely happens and uh it might be middle school it might be younger it might be older in in fact it could be both right there are different times in your life where things happen and those pivotal moments uh start to define who you are and you can they will shape how you react in various situations which sounds weird but it's absolutely true it really really does happen sometimes I share uh well I want to share two things with you when you're talking about middle school I don't have huge I mean I have some memories of middle school um I'm 52 so I'm a bit older than you so middle school was a long time ago for me um but I do remember I have three sons and each time I would have to go to parent teacher stuff you know go class to class on um, parent night and meet all their teachers and stuff when they were in middle school. I distinctly remember with all three of my sons being in that middle school building, which was very similar to the one I had gone to school in, in terms of, you know, what it looked like and how it smelled and the the Mm. lighting and the color of the walls. And, you know, a school was a school was a school kind of thing. And Mm. I had, I, I can feel my shoulders sort of slumping just talking about it walking through those hallways, going up and down the, the crowded stairs with the other parents. This wasn't even students. Other parents, because it brought you back to that moment in time when you were one of these kids walking through this hallway, having to deal with the middle school experience. And it didn't oh feel good being there again. And I can't define yeah. why. I can just tell you that I really hated going to middle school on those nights because it didn't feel good just being in the building yeah i mean somebody told like that in high school when i go to the high school i felt free by comparison and i felt mature by comparison and the children seemed free and mature by comparison so there's there are things that happen whether you realize it or not and they absolutely affect you 
Yeah. I mean, remember somebody told me, nobody likes you. Why do you think that you can win this or whatever? And that stuck with me and it, and it started to ma- masquerade as a fact of life for me where, right. you know, I didn't want to step out and do anything because I thought people would just shoot me down just like they did in middle school. And I really focused in on that. It's been uncomfortable, but it's been helpful in terms of growing now as, as a professional. Right. And it's, it's not that it'll ever go away because it's buried so deep, but if you're aware of it, then you can do something about it. It's when you're unaware that it will just keep, you know, kicking you and you'll keep saying, well, why does this always happen to me? You know, you hear people ask this, why is God doing this to me again? That's a big one for my mother-in-law. You know, (laughs) it's, it's why, why this again? Why this again? Well, you know, not that we want to talk about the secret, but the stuff that you think about, you know, really is the stuff that happens to you. And, and many of these things are buried deeply. You talk about, this was the other thing I was going to share with you. The, the person in school who told you, you know, you're no good at this. When I, I was always relatively athletic, right? My father would always come to field day, right? And that mm-hmm. was back in the days when they actually gave out ribbons at field day. I know they don't do that anymore. Everybody's a winner now, but we used to compete in, um, you know, foot races and long jump and high jump and all that kind of stuff. And there was a first and second and a third place and you got a ribbon. And I, and I've spoken with my father about this. So no one get upset on my behalf at my father. He's aware that this happened. He has apologized. He didn't know any better. I didn't know any better, but this is what happened. Okay. And (laughs) my husband even laughs about it now because it is literally scarred me for life. And I have to look back at it all the time right? And get myself past it. I was in a foot race and, um, I came in second, right? I ran my little heart out and I came in second and I ran up to my father. I was so proud. Dad, did you see, did you see, you know, did you see, you know, I, I, uh, I finished the race and he looked at me very, my father's always sort of got a serious demeanor on the outside, even though he's a marshmallow on the inside. And he said, this was the only thing he said to me, Nobody remembers who comes in second. Oh, right? horrible. <laughs> and he probably, the moment he said it, he realized that was not the right thing to say, but it was too late, right? Mm-hmm. And I burst into tears. I was in sixth grade, I think. And that moment has defined me in so many ways in life. All these years later, right? The competitiveness, the, oh, I wasn't the best at that. Therefore, I'm a failure and I should move on to something else right? These things that you do. And it took me a long time to even realize it was happening, right? I was well into adulthood before I kind of remembered that event and went, oh my goodness, that's, that's defined a lot of things, a lot of choices that I've made. Yeah. Right. So you can think back if you, if you know, you're having some sort of issue in your business or you have some sort of fear, or maybe you don't like picking up the phone and and calling people, or you don't like asking for business, asking for the sale, or there's all kinds of things that obstacles people put in their own way. Um, when it comes to creating a business, it, it's worth it to spend some time thinking back on some of these childhood episodes and figuring out where the one is that's causing you to have that little bit of anxiety inside that little voice in your head that's telling you, oh, no, 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 no. Nobody remembers who comes in second. You should move along because you're not the best, right? That's yeah. that's the voice I have to fight. Yeah, and then absolutely, you think back, especially if those voices, you know, were especially mean ones, and, you know, that 
that says more about those people than it yes. ever did about you. The fact yeah. that they had the the guts or the audacity to say something that unkind to another human being, that's more reflective on their their personality than, right. than anything that right. you were you were trying to do. And that wisdom only comes with with some time also. Kids can't yeah. think that way. They're they're just no. too new in the world, you know, but um, with with time does come that wisdom. Now there the last section I think in in your guide had to do with something this this floored me because this I realized I had this problem too after reeling through reading through your thing and we both just shared these stories. So talk to me about the imposter syndrome. Oh my goodness. I okay, it was only last year that I realized that this was a thing. I watched I watched a speech from um, Neil Gaiman or Gaiman, some people pronounce it different, um, at the University of the Arts. It's, I think it was like 2011, 2012, and it was a video of a commencement speech, and he talked about the imposter syndrome, and I looked it up immediately. I was like, what is this? And I read the definition on Wikipedia or something, and it was like, that is me. This is a real thing, and more women have it than men, um, but it's basically where you're unable to accept that you're successful. You often will say, oh, I just was successful at this because I got lucky. Or you have this fear that somebody is going to unmask you as a total fraud. And I deal with that every day. Like, it doesn't matter how much money my businesses make. It doesn't matter how many nice emails I get. You know, I'm still, I still have this, this little tiny voice that gets louder on occasion, but it's whispering, you know, somebody's going to come out, some kind of, you know, authority is going to come. They don't exist now, but they're going to somehow rise up and they're going to shut you down and they're going to just take you for all your worth. And nobody's going to want to listen to you anymore because you're going to be totally discredited for, for X reason that doesn't exist. That it's, it's so strong. And, and when I figured out that, that I wasn't alone and there's other people that have experienced this and that it's totally a mindset phenomenon. I felt like I could squash it because now I recognize it for what it is and I don't accept it as fact anymore. I'm like, Oh, this is just that stupid little voice that is really not reasonable at all. And I can just make it be quiet. Um, whereas before I was kind of just accepting as a fact. Right. Right. It's, it was so fascinating when I was reading that part, I'm going to have to look into it some more because I see myself. Absolutely. I see myself in that. It doesn't matter how many successes I have, I sort of, you know, say, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Well, you know, that's, it's the whole coming in second thing. Yeah, well, that's not enough. I got to move on to the next huge challenge, mm-hmm. right? It's like constantly spurring me forward. And you can look at, you can look at that in another way too. Uh, you know, if I didn't have that mindset, I wouldn't as co- accomplish as many things in the world. But right. then again, I don't stop and appreciate them either. Yeah. And that's no good. You got to take the time to stop and, and appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. So that you can, um, what is it? Uh, enjoy the fruits of your labors. Yes. Something like that. I'm I'm always moving on to the next labor and I never enjoy the fruit. Yeah. Slow down. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So Caitlin, how can people get in touch with you to either learn more about your, your website proofread anywhere? Because you help people, um, begin their own businesses, right? Right. Um, and clearly there's more to being in business than just uh, knowing how to use QuickBooks. It's, it's one of the <laughs> starting a business. Uh, I, I had a, a, uh, a famous business coach, you know, one of these online business coaches say this to me once it's, it's one of the best forms of, um, Oh, I can't think of the word, not self-improvement, but, um, 
like when you go to the psychiatrist and learn about yourself. I can't think of the Ther- word. Therapy. 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 Thank you. <laughs> it's one of the best forms of, of, you know, therapy you will ever go through starting a business because it, it unearths all these things in your psyche that create the obstacles that are in your way towards making that business successful. And clearly after speaking with Caitlin and reading her mindset mastery guide, she's aware of all of this, right? She has uh, lived it and she's figured a lot of it out, especially I wish I had figured it out at 29. (laughs) I I was busy having my first child and figuring out, you know, how I was going to juggle diapers and everything. I wasn't even, I wasn't this self-aware as you are. So that's a wonderful thing. So how can people get in touch with you and, and learn more about their mindset? We've got a special treat for listeners. If you want a free copy of the Mindset Mastery Guide that we've been talking about, you can just head over to proofreadanywhere.com slash guide, and you can sign up to get a totally free copy of that. Um, I think you're not going to get put on any kind of you know crazy mailing list unless you want to subscribe to our seven-day free course to learn about proofreading or to get on the regular mailing list. That's fine. But I'll just email you a couple of days later and just ask you what you thought of the guide and you can talk if you want. Um, I like to answer emails, but you'll have my email address by signing up to get your free copy of the guide. Or you can just contact me through the contact box and uh, you'll get to me that way as well. So yeah, I'm looking forward to talking to listeners if you have any questions about mindset or imposter syndrome or anything. And I hope that you enjoy the Mindset Mastery Guide. It's, it's really a good, it's a quick read. It's a good read. It, it, uh, made me do a lot of thinking in a very short period of time. So I really, listeners, I encourage you to go pick up a a copy. You will really enjoy it. And it might make some light bulbs go off over your head. So Caitlin, thank you for coming to act local marketing for small business today. Thanks, Caitlin. It's been awesome. I really appreciate your time. And you out there, I always say this, you've heard it before. If you're on the treadmill, please don't get off because you can always come back to actlocalmarketing.com and look up this particular episode and find any of the links we were talking about. We'll include a link to proofreadanywhere.com so that you can find Caitlin and find out more about how she can help you build your business, build a proofreading business, or just help you uh, experience what the imposter syndrome is, why you're suffering from it, and how you can get it out of your way so that you can move forward at least one step further into prosperity, which is what I always like for you to do. And we always have a new episode for you every couple of weeks on a Tuesday afternoon around 1 p.m. Eastern at actlocalmarketing.com. So until next time, thank you, Caitlin Pyle of Proofread Anywhere, and I very much would like you all to take care. Join Kaylin for more marketing madness each week on Act Local Marketing. It will leave you with more ideas, more understanding, and more knowledge about why and how harnessing the internet gives you the power to bring your business to the next level. Act Local Marketing for Small Business goes live every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Eastern and can be found on iTunes, Stitcher, Podbean, and at actlocalmarketing.com. Have a question for Act Local? Email Kaylin at ask at actlocalmarketing.com. That's A-S-K at actlocalmarketing.com. And she may answer you right on air. Make sure to include your name and business website for a free shout out. Don't forget to tell your friends and colleagues about Act Local and leave Kaylin a review at the iTunes store. See you next time on Act Local Marketing for Small Business.